1: Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Becky Olson. I'm a four-time, 22-year survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. I'm also a motivational speaker, a speaker mentor, and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life.
2: And hi, I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 24-year survivor, certified life coach, and the author of my brand new book, Thriving Beyond Cancer. We're also the co-founders of Breast Friends.
1: And Sharon before we start today I was looking over our our guests outline and her bio and and it really ins- kind of just inspired me to share a message with our with our group here that's listening and you know we all survive something you know whether it's it's cancer or you know divorce or just some kind of grief or loss we all survive something and it's not the thing that we survive that defines us and I think a lot of times we kind of allow that to be the case but it's it's really rather how we survive it as I was looking over our guest's bio and all the stuff that she's done, she's a perfect example of someone who who's doing something about her situation, and it's, and it's how she's getting through it. And her story's a little bit different than what we're kind of used to hearing here, so I can't wait to really get, get started with her. So I'll just introduce her quickly. Our guest is Pat Wetzel. Pat is a survivor of lymphoma, although we're going to talk about that because lymphoma is one of those things that really kind of never goes away, but she's she's living with it. She has a really inspirational story and I'm just so excited. So welcome Pat to our show.
3: We're well, so glad thank you're you. here. I'm
1: really pleased to be here. Well, thanks. thanks. Pat. So why don't you start by introducing yourself to our audience? Talk about maybe your family, your hobbies, you
4: know, a little bit of background just so they can get a
1: sense of who you are.
4: Oh, let's see. I just turned 61. Yay. I am happily single Uh, for the first time in over 35 years. I do not have a mortgage or any pets. I am footloose and fancy free Oh, my gosh. That's exciting. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very unique place to be. I haven't heard anybody say that.
1: I'm happily single. (laughs) That's interesting. (laughs) I'm actually jotting that down because I like that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I think some people, unfortunately, are always thinking they should be part of a couple, and until they really are happy single, it's hard to be a happy couple. Be married, that's true.
1: <laughs> it's true. So, so, you have any hobbies or you know anything that
4: you like to do in your spare if you have any time? Well, the hobbies are, are an interesting question actually because I've always played sports my whole life. Um, I skied, I kayaked, I played tennis. I was a nationally ranked squash player as a kid in college. Um, I flew sailplanes, but, uh, cancer has changed a lot of that. And, um, now I've, I joke around that I've gone from carrying, um, oh, uh, parachutes and things like that in the back of my car to walking sticks and a yoga mat. But it's true. (laughs) And, um, recently, last year, actually, I picked up a camera and it has been life-changing. I have found that um, I just love photography, and while I can't play a lot of the sports I used to do, um, I'm finding that the photography is a wonderful outlet.
2: Oh, You're talking Sharon's language. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, I just went for a walk this morning in my new neighborhood and took a few pictures, just just a you know, flowers as I make my little walk around. And it's just, to me, it feeds my soul. It's a it's a really lovely way of of seeing nature and just seeing our world.
4: I, I totally agree. I uh, When I was in Florida, I would wake up early in the morning. I've been traveling the last year. One of the stops was Florida. And I would go down to the beach early in the morning and take pictures of the sanderlings. They were everywhere. And I had some pictures that I thought were just terrific, just out of sheer luck. And so I started a gallery on the websites just to share the pictures, and it has been really fun. It, it's helped to, I think, drive and focus, no pun intended, <laughs> my, um, my <laughs> photograph. You almost horaries. missed that one.
1: <laughs> Good. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, it's so great to have something like that that just brings you so much joy in your life, because over the last few years, you've been kind of struggling. From my understanding, you were diagnosed with lymphoma in 2009. Is that right? That's Yes. So why don't you tell us about that, like what was happening in your life at that time and how did that diagnosis kind of change your world?
4: Well, um, I was actually down at a meeting at uh, the Ritz-Carlton in Half Moon Bay, California. It was a women's private equity meeting and I wasn't feeling well and I got very sick one night and all of a sudden of the blue, all the nodes in my neck and everything swelled up and I never get sick. I I just went home and um, thought it'll go away. But several weeks later, it hadn't gone away. So I went to see uh, an ear, nose, and throat doc, who took one look at me and he said, "You have lymphoma." And I said, "What is that? I do not. Give me some antibiotics. I never take antibiotics. I'm sure that will clear it up." So you know, he humored me a bit, but he was right. Um, uh, We did a biopsy, and it turned out that um, I had. It was originally diagnosed as uh, just a general indolent uh, lymphoma, but. Later, when I applied to a t- clinical trial at Stanford, they reran the biopsy and came up with a different um, differentiation of the type of oh. lymphoma, and that it was nodal marginal zone lymphoma, which is very rare. Mm. I don't
1: know what that means. Can you explain it and, and like dumb it down for us,
4: though?
5: <laughs> I, um, it lists, it lists I know something. Notes.
4: Um, it has bizarre, undifferentiated characteristics, and there's no cure. Wow. Uh. So the I best bet that they was
2: hard
4: is, to hear. Wow. wow. So I think I was in shock for the first year, so I didn't really hear it.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine because so that would best, be really hard to hear. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, honestly, the best you could do with that was just try to treat it to maintain it? Or, I mean, what? Um, yeah.
4: The, uh, a, a wonderful young um, doctor at Stanford, Josh Brody, who I think is now on staff at one of the New York hospitals, Explained it to me this way, he said, "You need 11 options. We only have 10. Hang in there."
5: Oh wow! Oh,
4: wow, huh? That's oh. interesting. Well, well, and and how did you how did you manage your head around that? Well, my re- first reaction is get information and be mm-hmm. informed and drive my own care, and mm-hmm. I tend to do that naturally. But I was also married to a surgeon for 15 years. So I have a little bit of insight into medicine and how it works and how it doesn't work. So um, I went on a a massive research expedition, checked out all the clinical trials, connected with Oncolink at the University of Pennsylvania to do a little more research on clinical trials. And I came across a book that was incredibly helpful called Anti-Cancer, A New Way of Life by David Zervan Schreiber. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah, he's an MD, PhD. Uh, on staff at the University of Pittsburgh and he was doing a brain scanning experiment and one night one of his subjects didn't show up so he went through the scanner and found out he had brain cancer and that launched him on an international quest for what creates anti-cancer health and the thing that I loved about the book was that it really laid out some very specific well-documented things we can do from a scientific perspective and it's also a fabulous uh, personal story.
2: Oh my gosh, I can imagine. He went through the scanner because his subject didn't come and he discovered his own cancer.
4: Yeah, actually the first year he went through surgery, radiation. I don't know if he did chemo, but his life fell apart. He got divorced. You know, he couldn't keep up in his job. And at the end of all this, he asked his oncologist, what should I do? And the oncologist said, well, go back to your life. So he went back to this crazed life where he ate poorly, he didn't sleep, he was running around, you know, 20 hours a day, and the cancer <laughs> came back.
5: Yeah. And this oh, time it goes goodness.
4: on a worldwide quest to really find out what creates anti-cancer health.
1: Hmm.
2: Wow. I love that. Well, I've heard of that book, but I don't know that I've actually picked it up, so I think I'm motivated now to pick that one up. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Definitely. So... Um, I mean, again, just knowing when your cancer is not curable, you know, that's a whole nother thing. So you were on this treatment, I'm assuming, right?
4: Well, I uh, initially uh, wanted to to avoid chemo, which is why I looked into clinical trials. Okay. um, I tried a round of monoclonal antibodies, which have worked for many people, but did not work for me. It was really just my drug from hell. And after that, because cancer was starting to grow rather rapidly, I did a round of RCVP, which is a, a standard treatment for indolent lymphoma. And it was not a lot of fun.
2: <laughs> no, no, I bet not. Did, I mean, I don't really know a lot about lymphoma and the treatments. So is that a, a type of treatment where you lose your hair so it's obvious to the rest of the world as well? Or is it your own private hell? <laughs>
4: Uh, a little of each. I I lost clumps of hair. My I lost about fifty percent of it, and mm-hmm. um, you know it's interesting. When the rest of the world looks at you, they they tend to see a healthy person, no matter how awful you look. <laughs> right, right. Um, and that's called denial, really
2: too. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that?
2: I said that's called denial, also.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh. But for, for me, um, I, I really took the approach of looking at all the different things in life and trying to take charge as best I can. And there was another study I came across that I thought it wasn't directly relevant, but I thought it was very interesting. Um, Dean Ornish at UCSF, who, as you know, did a lot of research on heart health, did a fascinating study on men with prostate cancer. And what he did is he took um, this um, group of men and he divided them into two groups. One group went to Lifestyle Boot Camp, one group did not. The group that went to Lifestyle Boot Camp did not need any further intervention. Their average PSA levels dropped, um, and it was a very interesting study. What he used in this Lifestyle Boot Camp were four things. Nutrition, a plant-based diet, exercise, stress management, either in the form of maybe yoga or meditation or something like that, and social connection. And the men had to talk to each other about their fears and concerns, etc. cetera.
3: <laughs> I bet that was the study, most painful part. <laughs> you know, this
4: is what blew me away. In a follow-up <laughs> study, he found that those four variables, nutrition, exercise, social connection, stress management, um, actually impacted the up and down regulation of over 500 genetic variables. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And that tracks with David Servant-Schreiber and it tracks with many other studies that have come out. And what it really says is lifestyle matters. So I became a lifestyle fiend. Um, I went vegan for a while, but I decided life without cheese wasn't worth living. um, (laughs) I have to agree, especially Brie. (laughs) And, you know, everybody finds their own path. But I I think the, the bottom line to this is there is a lot that you potentially control. And why in the world would you overlook that?
1: Yeah. yeah. No, Very that makes true. that makes perfect sense. It really does. Yeah. So, how has cancer changed your life? I mean, it, you know, this is a scary thing for people, but you know, you've made you've made lemonade from all this. So, <laughs> without sugar.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> oh, cancer turns everything upside down. Um, you know, all of a sudden, it, it forces you to face your mortality and yes, i think for many people that uh dramatically changes the way you look at the world it certainly did for me and it certainly has taken me on taken me on a journey i never could have expected um i hope it's made me a more compassionate person and i think i've come to see my life as more of a soul journey rather than um an accumulation of money or things or awards um i live very differently now than i did 10 years ago
1: yeah you Definitely. know, we hear that a lot, and I know that, you know, for a lot of people, you think that having the news that you have cancer is just such a horrible negative thing, but but there are blessings that come from that. And, you know, it's hard to find them sometimes, but you've certainly, you know, done your part to find them and, and help people out. So, um, you know, I'd really like to know about the Anti-Cancer Club, because you started that at some point in time. Why don't you
4: talk about that for a moment? Actually, I started it out of total frustration. Um, Okay. um, There was absolutely no help, no guidance, no information about my cancer or about how to live with it or about how to potentially impact my body, my terrain, as David Servan Schreiber calls it, um, to be as healthy with cancer as possible. Um, Mm -hmm. And. When I went into the oncology office, I saw the same drama play out every single time. People come in, they're shocked, they're upset, they go through chemo, they leave, there's nothing. And I I started it, I think, just out of sheer frustration because I realized I was not the only one going through this and that people really needed some help in terms of trying to figure out how to take charge, how to manage this, and... um, how to, try, how to try to cope with what is really a devastating piece of information.
2: Mm-hmm. I can imagine. So tell us about what, what is the Anti-Cancer Club? What, what do you do? How does it work?
4: Really, it's an online website with resources. We um, uh, have information from thought leaders around the world, as well as patients and coaches and people of that sort, who all of whom have been touched by cancer who share their perspective and outlook and what they've done. And my desire is to provide a host of voices so that people can find a voice or two that resonates with them and through that find their own path to health. I love it. Is it specifically for lymphoma patients or just any cancer patients at all? Any cancer. I I, I am looking at cancer. Every cancer has its own unique challenges, but really Mm -hmm. emotionally, we all go through the same thing, and practically, in many ways, we all go through the same thing. So I, yeah. I look at all the commonalities versus the differences. Yeah,
1: that that really makes sense. That's a great great way to look at that, don't you think? Um, you know, it is it's scary, and, and even you know, for people that get caught where it gets caught really early, and there is a cure. Until you know that, you go through the same hell that the rest of the people go through. We all go through it. You know, you hear you have cancer. Am I going to live? Am I going to die? We don't know. And some of us are fortunate that they can find a way to at least treat it or maintain it and can live long and, and fairly healthy lives from that. But you don't know that when you first hear those words. So it's scary no matter what perspective. Oh, um, I think
4: definitely. so too. And, and I think even after the fact, you may be told you're cancer free or no evidence of disease. But the fear lingers, and I think that's something we don't address in our society. It's very real, and it can be very crippling. And I think people need to learn to manage all these emotions that go with cancer.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the reasons we started our Thriving Beyond <laughs> Cancer concept is that whole time after the doctor says, okay, yay, see you in three months, you know, <laughs> and yet you're like, ah, you know, what does that mean? What am I supposed to do now? Manage my own care? You know, it's just, it's a very weird place to be. And and again, those emotions that many times you haven't had the bandwidth to actually process come flooding back at that point too, uh, when the doctor's appointments slow down. So between that and the fear of recurrence and, and uh, yeah, afraid to what am I supposed to put in my mouth? Is this going to give me cancer? And ah, it just goes on and on.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty yeah, it's amazing how many things we have to start watching and taking, you know, paying attention to. Speaking of that, I'm paying attention to the clock. So we're going to take a short break and we will be back in a minute, so stay tuned.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America.
0: Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today.
5: When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance, like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless.
2: Welcome back to our program. We've been talking with lymphoma survivor, Pat Wetzel, about the Anti-Cancer Club. And I'm excited, Pat. It sounds like you are starting something new, Cancer Road Trip. I want to hear all about it.
4: <laughs> well, what happened was out of, my, out of eight to nine years of dealing with cancer, um, I developed a technology platform that modeled and rewarded human compassion towards others. And the launch point was to be through the anti-cancer club and into the cancer market because I recognized some of the unique um, situations people find themselves in with cancer and with long-term illness, the type of support they need, and really where a lot of our systems fail us. So I hired a technology company to do the actual you know, tech work and coding. That's not my thing. And um, they delivered nothing. Um, I would go so far as to say they stole everything. They registered um, the intellectual property in their name. I oh, my gosh. And, oh, yeah. So, so they essentially stole my livelihood, stole my ideas. I had contracts. Oh I got lawyers involved. Um, after a lot of money, my lawyer turned to me and said, this will cost you at least half a million dollars. Plan to spend money in increments of half a million dollars. It will take three years of your life, and there's no guarantee of an outcome. I have six of these on my desk right now.
2: Oh, uh, how heartbreaking.
4: This, oh, my, beyond heartbreaking. And to give you some idea of the death of betrayal, the people who did this, I actually had Thanksgiving dinner with them. Oh, my oh, gosh. gosh. Uh, yeah, one person sat on the board to publicly traded companies. These were not a bunch of flakes. This was intentional. So, uh, at any rate, I found myself um, in a very difficult situation, and I decided I really needed to sell my house. So I found a a home for my family, my cat, my remaining cat, I sold the house, and I decided to go traveling, because for me, travel feels. Mm -hmm. So I started a blog, uh, Cancer Road Trip, about the journey, and that is now evolving into um, some new avenues. Uh, It's a a long story. Ask questions, I'll answer your questions. (laughs) (laughs)
2: okay i'm dying to ask um okay so because i just moved into a smaller place with that intention of being able to travel more um uh, obviously i still work at breast friends and so i can't do it like 24 7 like it sounds like you did but oh my gosh this sounds very enticing tell me tell me more okay so you blogged about your travels is that right
4: well, yeah, the blog is ongoing it's cancerroadtrip.com. I started okay. it last June when I started traveling. I mean, I was okay. essentially homeless with cancer. Where was I going to go? What was I going to do? I had right. to figure it out along the way.
2: I love it. And so this cancer this this platform that you had come up with that was stolen from you, this has nothing to this is something completely different then. Is that what I'm understanding?
4: I to, yeah, I had to move on. I couldn't okay, afford, okay. you know, half a million, a million dollars of legal fees no, of for course something not. No, that uh, might not pan out. That was not in my budget. I had no, no choice. I had to yet again find a, a, a new route through this cancer journey.
2: Right, right, right. So where have you gone on this cancer
4: journey? Well, when I sold my house last summer, my original thought was to go to Hawaii for a month or two and just kind of chill. But by the time my house sold and you know escrow closed. Most of the things in Hawaii were booked or extremely expensive. So right. my plans were kind of dashed, and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And a friend came through for me. They had a house up in Vashon Island, and they were going to be in Greece for the summer. So they said, oh, why don't you know, the perfect. house was in renovation, but they said, why don't you just go and stay at the house? So I did, and it gave me a chance to pause and collect myself. And from there, let's see, I went up into uh, Canada, um, back down to Whidbey Island. Uh, mm-hmm. I was invited to a, uh, an event at NASA, actually, in Pasadena. So I, from there, I wound my way down to California. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I went over to Europe for a while. Then I came back. Um, I was down in Central America for a while. And while I was in Central America in the heat and humidity, uh, I was thinking, what do I want to do for Christmas? And I thought, Santa Fe, I've always loved Santa Fe. I'll go up there for Christmas. Oh, it's a beautiful place. Yeah, I went up to Santa Fe, you know, picked up my car in the States, drove up here, um, got an Airbnb, which was a good place, a good way to land, but not a cost effective way to be here any longer. And I fell in love again with this amazing town. So Mm. for the moment, I'm based in Santa Fe.
2: Oh, fabulous. Well, and nowadays, with everything being online, um, it's amazing. You can continue business, uh, whatever kind of business is it is, if you're a little creative, and take it with you. So that's
1: fabulous. Well, Let me ask a idea. clarifying well, question for you. Oh, Pat, do you mind? Let me just ask you a really quick question here. So you're, you're still an active treatment for, for
4: lymphoma, correct? I'm in watch and wait treatment. Um, watch and wait, I okay. Actually, after, uh, when I was going through the process of selling my house and dealing with all this legal stuff, mm-hmm. I just decided, um, I was very sick, actually, and I just decided I could not deal with any more medical interventions, and okay. I hadn't had a blood test for two years, and uh, recently, I got a blood test, and it, by and large, looks pretty good for the moment. Good. Good. Excellent. Good. Well, I was just Great.
1: curious about if you were in treatment and trying to do all this travel, how was all that working out? So you were in wait and watch period during that time as well.
4: Yeah. I, I had okay. another round of chemo and I'm trying to remember the year. It was roughly 2014. Um, that had a whole bunch of implications that went with it. Um, mm-hmm. And since then, it's very common with lymphoma, particularly if it remains slow growing, you don't want to pound the patient with a lot of toxicity. So you wait to intervene until you absolutely have to. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That does make sense.
2: So what is, what are the goals of this cancer road trip?
4: Well, while I was traveling, it occurred to me if I can have a cancer road trip to heal, why can't others? Mm. So Mm -hmm. um, what I'm doing um, is I'm putting together a series of cancer road trips for others What we're going to do is bring in thought leaders and patients and hold healing retreats in a variety of locations, and we're capturing it on film for both education and inspiration.
2: Well, I've got the retreat we can do. (laughs) 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 I've been doing my Thriving Beyond for 10 years. (laughs) I can take it on the road, right? (laughs) Oh my gosh, how fun is that?
4: Well, I, I, so, think, um, beyond, I think it's fun. It'll, it is fun. But beyond that, um, I think it, my, my goal is um, by giving away these healing retreats. These are things that people will be able to enter into a contest and win. It'll be open to the entire cancer community. Wow, um, we're, that's we're looking great. at doing the pilot here in Santa Fe. I'm hoping this fall... But as a one-person shop, although I have some other people you know, doing some different things, it, it might be in the first quarter of 2019, but I'm working hard to try to get the first one up and running for the fall. And very Santa cool. Fe has been an amazing and supportive community. There's a very rich film industry here. Um, they have tax credits for filming. And I've actually been able to get the advice from some major Hollywood people here to really help bring this project together.
2: Wow, that's
1: great. So exciting. So tell me more about this contest. So how would people enter this contest to be invited to the healing retreat? I'm I'm still a little unclear on all of that and it just sounds fascinating. So tell tell me um, more. Well, First thing,
4: sign up on the website we'll, you'll stay in the loop on things as they progress. Um, okay. And the information is totally safe. We don't share it. We don't sell it. You know, I feel as sure. a person with cancer, I feel very strongly about the, you know, sanctity and security of our contact information. Oh, absolutely. Um, and so we'll, is that we'll cancerroadtrip.com? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll be okay, opening so, up a contest. it will be a two-part contest. Um, part of it will just be random draw. Part of it will be video interview. And um, from that, we'll make the final selection of people uh, for each cancer road trip.
2: Mm. Nice, nice. And what
4: are what are you looking for when, for example,
1: the random is random, but the video interview? What are you looking for um, for the video?
4: Different different people, different cancers, different ages. This goes back to what I said earlier that I I feel that regardless of the type of cancer we have, we really face a lot of very common challenges. And the idea is to both learn from each other, learn from people who are experts in the field, to examine our lifestyles and make personal decisions about what would work for each of our lifestyles in terms of moving towards better health.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, this is so exciting. And so then when, once people enter this contest, let's say they get chosen. So then what happens next?
4: We take care of everything. Um, we'll put we we'll interview them, put them on a plane, okay. send them to the location. Our first location mm-hmm. is Santa Fe. Um, they'll get together with everybody. Uh, it's a five-day trip. The first and last day tend to be rather travel-oriented, than three days of um, getting together with everybody, with our thought leaders, and enjoying the location because travel's fun. Travel opens your horizons. And I think that by being in a new place and a new perspective, it often allows us to have new uh, a new
5: way of looking at things. Yeah, mm, absolutely. That's true.
1: It, and it also kind of gives you something to think about that is not always there in your normal place. You know, when you're when you're home, you've always kind of got the same stuff going on. This just kind of gives you an opportunity to escape even for a little mm-hmm. while and and so think are, about other things.
2: Yeah. So are are these people that you're looking for still going through cancer, or are these people who are on the other side who are
4: Uh, Hopefully cured, or does it matter? We've actually been discussing that a lot lately, and I think we're looking at people who are at least done with treatment, simply because the medical logistics of traveling when your immune system is compromised may just be too much. It is a little tricky, Mm -hmm. and and also I think emotionally, you're so wrapped up in treatment that it just dominates your life, and you're not ready necessarily. To think about what comes next, because as we all know, what comes next may be bigger than your treatment, but you don't know that at the time. So I think people need a little bit of time to get into that healing mindset. And I don't know anybody who's been through cancer who couldn't use a healing retreat.
2: (laughs) Oh, gosh, yes,
4: yes. So are
2: you using some of the principles from the anti-cancer club in these retreats?
4: Um, yeah, a lot of the principles there, you know, looking at um, diet, exercise, um, uh, emotional, spiritual well-being, um, mind-body matters, um, you know, all those those typical, more tangible types of things. But also, as we go to different locations, we'll be integrating uh, the flavor of that location. So, for example, if we were to go to Oh, India, say, uh, we might look at an Ayurvedic tradition or a deep tradition of meditation in a culture. And see how that impacts that, um, that culture's approach to health. Because I think mm-hmm. we have a lot to learn from other cultures around the world. I think generally in North America, we live terribly unhealthy lives and particularly with regard to social support and connection. Uh, it yeah. tends to fall away for many people during cancer. During that period after treatment, nobody knows what to do. Um, I, I think that we really need to look around the world and maybe return to some more basic roots about what really creates a healthy life on a psychological, emotional, and physical level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Pat, this is this is really exciting,
1: and you know I just I love what you're doing. How are you paying for all this? I mean, you said people get to go for free if they're drawn, and so how how are you funding all this?
4: I'm in the process of dialing for dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, we understand um, that, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my, um, I started Cancer Road Trip less than a year ago. In less than a year, uh, last month, we were at almost three-quarters of a million impressions on Twitter, so we've gotten mm-hmm. a good following. Instagram, I started fairly recently. We got up to about 25,000 this last week, and those numbers you know, vary a little bit here and there, but the point is um, we have good social media reach. And my approach is we're bringing in companies not only to get involved in a very good endeavor, but also to um, be able to access our social media reach uh, to let let the world know they're funding something that is really good and decent and helping people. Yeah. So basically, definitely. through
1: sponsorships, then you're looking yes. for sponsorships for that. That's that's incredible. And how's it working so far?
4: So far, so good. We've actually had several companies. I've been approached by several companies. Um, we have a pretty hefty budget, as you can imagine. So, you know, we have a long ways to go yet, but I'm very optimistic. I think that we're doing some other things with Cancer Road Trip, too. I don't want to get into too much detail that I think will be very beneficial for everybody involved. And so some of the trips are kind of local, like you, you
1: talked about a five-day trip. where part of that's, you know, in a... Well, yeah. in a- kind of retreat setting, but part of that's on the road, but then you mentioned going to India as an example, so how, how
4: does that work? We're starting in the U.S., we're starting a okay. pilot program in Santa Fe, so we're going to start with that, get this tuned, and our idea is to have a retreat that we can take on the road and just introduce different cultural elements wherever we are. Oh, that okay. sounds great. Yeah, So you could actually difference. start one in India then. And actually, <laughs> that would be cool too. Yeah, well, yeah. I, India is like. You know, I, like I, Europe. I, I pulled out of the air. But um, there's so many, um, uh, Peru has some very interesting healing traditions. Uh, I was mm. in Ireland recently. It would be a fabulous location for people. And mm. that might allow us to open it up to a, a more European audience. Yeah, so I think there are a right. lot of ways we can go. But right now, I am focused just on this pilot program and making that the very best we can.
1: Well, you'll have to let us know when you get over to Ireland because we have a lot of listeners in Ireland.
4: We don't know <laughs> why, but we're thankful for them. So. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, we well, have a I love Ireland. Next time I go back, I'm going to go back and do some genealogy research as well as travel, oh, and I can't wait. Well,
2: I'm Irish as well, so I can yeah. appreciate that. I'm actually going to Scotland in August, so I'm excited about that.
1: Well, this is, this is really great. So when do you expect this whole thing to launch then?
4: I'm hoping again we have we have a retreat in the last quarter of this year. I have to see how some things go if um with holidays and things like that coming up in December. If we don't have this, you know, ready to launch by September, we'll probably move it to the first quarter of 2019.
1: Mhm. Makes- yeah. Yeah, that's that's really great. So did we miss any conversation on this? Because I this we're gonna come up we're coming up on a break here in a minute, but um, I'm sure that I mean Sharon, did you have any other questions? Well, I like think to ask
2: the, the one thing I'd really like to maybe spend just a minute on would be how travel can heal people, how how it can be healthy for people. Uh, you know,
4: that's such a great Question perspective. Um, we could probably have a whole show on that. Uh, <laughs> I, I think. Well, we'll give think us per- the nutshell, and we'll pick it
1: up on the other side of the break. Okay. I think new place, new situation, new ideas.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that that would make sense. I mean, just kind of like we were talking about the the. Uh, at the top of the show about the cameras and taking photos and, and just kind of like being in a different world for for even a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I guess I look at it like that, you know, where I can like get out of my own head for a little while, and kind of see the world see it from a different perspective. Obviously, I love to travel as well. And so i love to go to these other places but also take my camera so I can see it from that perspective as well but I can see how it would be healing for me but I didn't know for you how that would how that might work
4: well we're going to pick that up on the other side my own head hang on to that thought let's come back to it later
1: yeah because there's a lot of conversation around that and I can't wait to get into that so we are going to take a break stay tuned we'll be back in a minute
3: become our friend on Facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice America
0: thank you for listening today breast friends needs your support we rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive please consider making a tax deductible donation to breast friends you can visit us at breastfriends.org you can also like us on Facebook at breast Friends of Oregon be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today.
5: When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a crossing shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless.
2: Welcome back. We've been talking about Anti-Cancer Club and Cancer Road Trip with our guest, Pat Wetzel. So, Pat, we were talking about um, how travel can be healing before we went out on break. Let's, let's kind of finish that conversation before we jump into anything else.
4: Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, I, I have a piece from my blog here. Let me read it really quickly. And actually, okay. I wrote this back in 1995, and it talks about travel. And it says, excuse me, to understand some of the decisions I made, you have to know that I love to travel. It's a sense of adventure that appeals to me. The idea that you don't know what will happen, but whatever happens, you will cope one way or the other. It's Mm -hmm. as if you're suspended in time in this cocoon of uncertainty and possibility, which is quite removed from the routine of day-to-day life. Of course, it's all in your head. Those possibilities always exist. It's just unto you to see them. And for me, travel helps with that perspective.
5: Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: I, love I have that. goosebumps all over me. That's awesome. That is such a great way to look at that.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, excellent. So, Pat, can I ask you a question? I want if we can go back to the the people who are qualified to do this. Uh, we can we just talk briefly about like women who are men and women who are in. Um, who have maybe metastatic cancer and who are doing well, but they're on maintenance drugs? I, can you kind of clear that up? As are those? Would they be allowed to, or would they be invited
4: to uh, to apply for this? Absolutely, yes. Uh, okay. Many, many cancers: breast cancer, prostate cancer, lung cancer. Many people find themselves on some sort of long-term maintenance therapy with occasional interventions, but they're re- they're they're healthy in the meantime. And very motivated to be well. Okay. So actually okay. those are the type of people I would just love to have on cancer road trip. Wonderful. I just wanted to clear you know, just
1: clarify that a little bit because there are people that will never be done with treatment entirely, but but yeah, there is it- So I'm going to know. Thank you. I know. I mean, you started this thing, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. and I'm theoretically not curable. So come on, let's go have some fun. Let's go have some fun.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And and I think um, you you used a term on the break,
4: and what was that term about being present? Yeah, we were talking about um, getting out of your head, and Mm -hmm. one of the things that I would just love to touch on is the idea of being intensely present. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things, one of the tools I've discovered uh, in my journeys with cancer is is meditation and being very present moment aware. Because if you're truly in the present, you can't be fearful. You're not looking back. You're not looking ahead. You're just here, and that's very, very powerful. Eckhart Tolle is one of my favorite authors. You know, explores this in great depth, and I would really urge people to think about some sort of Uh, meditation uh, or in present moment practice, because it really can be Mm life-changing.
1: Yeah, definitely. When you say that, Pat, it just kind of reminded me of something, you know, when you think about being intensely present. Now, this may seem a little hokey, but every now and then I get pretty bad headaches. And, you know, I think the kind of the normal thing to, to deal with is just, you know, get in a dark room and bury your head. And if I do that, all I can think about is the headache. That's all I can think of it. And so I find if I'm if I do something different like maybe I turn on some movie that I've been wanting to watch and it's funny if I can get focused on the movie the headache isn't so isn't so present because the other thing is more present and it's really hard to focus on some kind of pain like that when you're laughing at a movie you know and <laughs> I know that's just a minor example of that but it it works even in that kind of a scenario for me anyway so I I really get what you're what you're saying, and when you are intensely present, it really does block out all the other crap in our lives, you know. So I I love that. And that it's phrase possible was very, to
4: live that way. I mean, we we you don't do it overnight, and you may not do it every day or every hour, but it's very possible to live a very intensely present life, and it's a game changer. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and again, if if you're living in the present, you're not. Uh, worrying about something that happened in the past and you're not worried about something that could happen in the future you're right here living in the present and this it, it, what
4: is what is <laughs> how do I say that is that right <laughs> well, yeah, but, and if you think about it the only thing you control is the present right now ex- this moment exactly, the past is exactly. gone the future will be determined by what you do think feel right now exactly mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So that makes it, you know, it it definitely speaks loud and clear to me. That's for sure. Um, Another thing I wanted to talk about, you use a metaphor of a road trip, a great deal in your writing. And tell us a little bit more about that and why you do that.
4: I I think for many of us, when we get on our road trip, it's a wonderful metaphor, you know, fork in the road, bump in the road, the road to road, twists and turns. (laughs) There's a magic to the road. And I think the magic is what we were just talking about. I think Mm -hmm. it's that sense of present moment awareness, because you're Mm -hmm. in a new environment, you're doing something different. There's a Bend in the road, and you're going around it, and you don't know what's on the other side. It's a wonderful metaphor for a present moment oriented life.
2: Yeah, I agree. I love that. And so, what have you learned this almost a year now that you've been on the road? How what 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 have you learned from that?
4: <laughs> oh, many things. <laughs> Good, we have time. Uh, Tell us a few. (laughs) All right, all right. Now now I'm going to have to find a blog post because I have a blog post on exactly this. But uh, seriously, (laughs) I've learned a lot. I think um, I find myself in a very unmaterialistic place. I find myself in a place where I don't tolerate what I consider to be nonsense very easily. And I think too many people Mm -hmm. fill their lives with nonsense as opposed to something that might be meaningful. Yeah. I have learned to have a sense of adventure. I think that's really key. Um, I say um, some travel to take tours. I, I say travel for the detours. The detours are what are really interesting in life. Oh, um, I love that. Take, take time to be still. Um, you have to learn to still your mind because only when you're still can you allow new things to enter and can you progress. You need to believe in yourself, um, in your own inner guidance, because no sane person would do any of the things I've done. <laughs> um, <laughs> you need to be optimistic, I think, um, and there, there's a lot of argument about being up too optimistic and this and that, but I, I think optimism gives you good energy, and there are times when good energy carries you through a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I think you need to be true to yourself. I think to consciously choose beauty in life, however you want to define that. It's always easy to see things are wrong, to look on the dark side. I think beauty is everywhere. And I think that's something that cancer patients become very attuned to. They may look at a flower or a beautiful sunset and it so moves their soul. And they're becoming attuned to that amazing beauty that's around us. And I think that's really important too. Um, And slowing down
2: down to actually appreciate those things
4: yes be there really experience it Mm -hmm. and I think you have to have fun Mm -hmm.
2: yeah well I, I admire the fact that you are willing to do just that you know literally get rid of everything and and just kind of be a a traveler like this and and how long do you expect to keep doing this
4: well I'm going to stay in Santa Fe for a bit now because there is so much here um, I could write about Santa Fe for years and not exhaust the place, but mostly it's a wonderful spiritual healing location. It's a great place for our pilot program, and um, the film industry here is just very robust, which helps enormously. So for the moment, um, I'm going to be staying mostly in Santa Fe uh, to put together our first cancer road trip for others. Okay, Great. That's so great. great, Sharon. Have you been to Santa
1: Fe?
2: I have not. I'd love oh. to go there. Yeah, you need, I you
1: need to go. I, I've been yeah. there a couple times, and it it is truly a magnificent place. I mean, j- there's just so much history and beauty, and uh, the Sisters of Laredo Church, the staircase—that's a big deal
4: <laughs> to oh, me. Well. I'm so, I, I've still puzzled to by there. that one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: still puzzled by that.
4: Actually, made no, a movie get, about get that. The, get on the blog, chancerroadtrip.com. dot com. There's a lot of Santa Fe information. Um, oh, good. if that doesn't get you to come to Santa Fe, call me. You know? <laughs> Are there pictures? Well, Sharon's always about pictures. Oh you yeah, so, I yeah. yeah. I actually, Sharon, you'll like this. I actually put together a whole section of the website that is just photo galleries from my travels.
2: Okay. Well I'll definitely have to look at that for sure. Because <laughs> I, I love, you know, being able to interpret a place by its photographs. So that's that's wonderful. So how do you stay healthy? On the road, I'm. I I just want to make sure, because I think for other people and myself, I think that's a big deal.
4: That's a really good question, and I don't have a perfect answer. Um, for me, I meditate twice a day. That is not negotiable. That is just okay. essential to my emes- emotional well being. Um, mm-hmm. I have very good eating habits at this point. The hardest thing on the road is knowing where your food comes from. So I tend towards, you know, if I can know where my protein source comes from and I eat her in a, a very vegetable rich diet, that's pretty manageable in most places. And you don't need okay. to be perfect. I'm usually really spot on in my diet. I give myself a little latitude. For me, the heart, the connection piece has not been hard for me. I meet, meet the most amazing people. It's incredible. Yeah. But uh, the hardest part for me has been the exercise part because after my last round of chemo, my hip failed very suddenly. I think it was all the steroids and I had complications from that. I needed a hip replacement and I can't play any of the sports I used to play. So I've put on some weight. and I've gotten a little out of shape, although I've joined a gym and I'm I'm working on it. But for me, that exercise piece has been the hardest piece to stay on top of.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that makes sense. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah. But I, I, I want to combine what you said just now about, you know, not being able to do the sports that you've always loved doing with the part that we talked about earlier about the detours. Right. So, unfortunately this is a detour for you uh in your life at least that's how i can look at it and the reality is maybe again maybe you can't do these kinds of exercises or these kinds of sports but you can maybe look into something else that is still healthy and and is part of that detour kind of concept
1: Absolutely. I do I, I do need hike, to say I, we only you know we only have a minute we got this has to be the short one so no sorry we're,
4: we're coming to the end but definitely I, I hike I do some yoga and most of all I take pictures um yeah and check out the pictures on the website I think you'll have some fun with them I had a lot of fun taking them
2: good well I'll have definitely do that so
4: if you could give one
1: thought to your audience we and this has to be the quick one here if you mm-hmm. can give one thought to your audience. It, that's listening to us right now, what would that thought be? What can they take away? Take charge. Take charge. You know, you said that really early on. You, I, I wrote it down when you said, get info and drive my own care. I like that. So yeah, it's all part of the same thing, isn't it? It's really important. well, this has been a wonderful session. I loved this whole interview, Pat. You've just you're doing incredible things. I am going to go take a look at your website um, and remind us again for people to become a part of your program. They would go to cancerroadtrip.com. Is that right? Cancerroadtrip.com.
4: Just sign okay. up. Um, it'll put you on our email list, and okay. we send out an email whenever there's a new blog post. But other than that, you won't hear from you know we you won't really hear from us until we get this up and running. And by mm-hmm. being on our list, you'll be in the loop on what's going on.
1: Awesome. And you won't sell the names. We don't either. We understand no, totally never. why that's so important. So, Pat, thank you again for being on our show with us today. This has been delightful. I, I will take a look, as we as we just said. So, And if listeners want to reach out to you personally to talk with you about any of this, can they re- reach you through that same website? Sure. Shoot me an email. Um, people contact okay. me all the time, and I just love it. Okay, good. Well, that's the end of what we can talk with Pat about. But for those who are still listening to us, um, remember that our website is breastfriends.org. If you or a loved one need any of our services and we provide emotional support to help women through their cancer journey, you can visit us at breastfriends.org. There's a lot of good information on there. We also have a new app. It's the Breast Friends app available on Google Play or in the App Store. And through our website, you can go online and make a donation to help us keep this program alive. And we will be back next week. Until then, remember, there's always hope, and we're here to help you find it.
0: Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hennepin and Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. There is always hope and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.